Shout out to our awesome sponsors, El Couture, the female-founded, female-run athleisure brand that we are obsessed with. Obsessed. Obsessed. (laughs) I got today, actually, the Untamed collection. I am one of those girls that only wears black gym wear and generally just black all in my wardrobe. And I got the lace bra and the matching leggings, and they are so comfortable. And I would say that for the bra, I have really big boobs, and I just thought, you know, I really struggle with sports bras that my tits constantly like flop out of them I don't feel secure and honestly I just think that this bra is perfect because it's high neck and it is super supportive so really really recommend it love it and I am delighted to report that we are offering a 20% discount that I will be availing of this evening Fiona because I love their collection so if you use the code lovebites20 it's applicable on full price items only this can be used online and in store so there's two stores in Dubai one on Alwassel Road and one at the beach they also ship globally if you're buying from outside of Dubai then you get free express global shipping with all taxes being covered by El Couture which is brilliant news thank you so much El Couture The following podcast contains strong language and explicit content. And if that offends you, then I suggest you switch this off. This is a Podcast Now production. He made me squirt and I've never, ever done that. What? I know. (laughs) Or... (laughs) Like the swamp? Not the swamp. Or the squirting in the eyeball? Love Bites, a podcast about all the things you were told you couldn't talk about. Like the glory. <laughs> like the glory. <laughs> like the glory. <laughs> Just fucking say it. <laughs> like the glory. <laughs> the giggles. Basically, like, the chlorine that. smell that wafts from your vagina when your vagina is filled with semen, right? <laughs> this is disgusting, but I thought I was the only one who emitted a chlorine odor after sperm had laced the walls of my vagina, but actually, apparently, most women smell it. Yes, it's a really like, it's it's a weird, like, not clean smell, but like, it's something like a- It's like, it's mm, a bit- ooh, the swimming pool. <laughs> so weird so basically i'm give you a little bit of the background we're actually laughing at this we previously discussed it so we um uh on my instagram i asked for people listeners to submit topics that they wanted us to talk about obviously we want to talk about things that you're interested in and engaged in and uh somebody wrote in why when the vagina is filled with semen does it smell like chlorine and I was like fuck I thought I was the only one and I was like oh my god I feel like that too so you know what we should probably do a little bit of research as to to ascertain the chlorine stench but um, yeah we all we all we all feel it and I'm sorry no matter how clean you are and if you even go and douche after sex that smell tends to follow you around and you might be going about your day and you're like oh wow that's just a little bit of semen escaping from my knickers we've all been there it's not big and it's not clever and it's quite disgusting but we've all felt it so chlorine minge it's up there with pepper minge (laughs) don't worry about it ladies we need to write down we need to write down all the different 
minge, minges. Words. Can I well, just say this week it's this chlorine podcast, minge. I don't say minge any other time. It's not like I go around assaulting people with the word minge. I Yet don't on say this podcast, either. I just lose control of all of my senses, dignity, and just become the most debased form of Laura possible. We've had um, disco like, minge, kipper minge, chlorine minge. What will it be next week? No, Please disco write fanny. in. Disco, disco fanny. fanny. Disco well, minge. I mean, it can be disco minge yes. as well. Yes, kipper minge, kebab <laughs> minge, rat minge, lots of minges. I'm going to stop, if you don't mind, making myself feel sick. Um, like, as always, we love to hear from you. If there's anything that you want to hear us talk about or discuss or deliberate, drop us a DM on Instagram. Drop us an email on info at lovebitespodcast.com. But you know what? DMs are just easier. Like the email might be a little bit of hassle for people. But we did like, get an email yeah. this week. And we're not going to go into it too much because we did touch on it a couple of episodes ago. But it's something that I certainly feel extremely strongly about. And mm. it's something I've experienced. And I knew that we would get a lot of feedback on it. But I wasn't quite sure how much. And we got quite a lot. And it's the issue about sexless relationships it is a lot more common than you think and there is we had a a lovely listener email in to say that she is at her wits end with her partner and they have got a great relationship for the most part but the sex the issue of sexlessness is massive and they are fighting non-stop and now this poor girl is at a stage where she is considering breaking up with a man that she loves for the most part but she feels lonely and frustrated and unattractive and resentful and 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 okay and my advice to her was to try to get to the crux of the issue because of course the sexlessness is a tip of the iceberg um, I watched the TED Talks that I found so interesting. I implore you to listen to it. Um, we'll link it in the show notes. It is by a sex therapist. Her name is Maureen McGrath. She is an American but Irish Catholic. So she's kind of mm. been brought up with the Irish guilt that we all did. But she, she's um, of uh, born and raised in America. But I mean, it still percolates down the, the veins. And she basically said that sexlessness can be a canary in the coal mine. So that can point to issues of depression, um, diabetes, heart malfunction, um, depression, like all these things. And it's important to ascertain where it's coming from. She also said that sex is the barometer of the overall health of a relationship that I found really, really interesting. And she also talks about how much pressure we put on marriage and relationships because a hundred years ago a marriage was a union of two people for functionality companionship and basically plowing the fields together but now we look at our partner and we want everything from them we want the hot sex we want the support we want the friendship we want the laughs and I put so much pressure on it and she talks about the importance of having conversations outside of the bedroom So not acting in haste and anger, but actually talking about things away from the bedroom themselves in order to get to the root cause. And that's really important. And that's what we advised our listener. We also advised her that only she knows deep down how this is making her feel. Because there are people that have sexist relationships and are more than happy because they're both kind of in agreement that this is okay. But if you are feeling so frustrated to the point of fighting with your partner all the time, then there's an issue. And unfortunately, taking act- action in this respect is unbelievably traumatic because she loves the guy 
I've been there myself and I dragged my feet for a lot longer than I should have because I always thought it was going to resolve and it didn't. My point is, it's a lot more common than you think, but that's not to say that it's okay. Everybody deserves to have amazing sex. Everybody deserves to feel fulfilled and desired and attractive. If you don't, you got to sit down with yourself. You got to sit down with your partner and have really open and honest conversations. We are here for you. If this is something you're going through, drop us an email. We'll love talking to you girls and guys. Like it's definitely something that happens with both male and females. And Fiona, I was really quite taken aback by the the feedback that we got from it. I know it's yeah. not something you've really experienced before, but it's something that I've definitely experienced and it's, you know, hella traumatic. So I, think I just so- want to let everybody know that it's 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 more common than you think, but it also doesn't I don't want I don't want to normalize it. It's something that should definitely be addressed. Mm, I agree. And I will so, definitely read this, uh, read. I'll watch this TED Talk. Susie so sent it to me and I haven't watched it yet. And honestly, we'll, it was well, because it. When, when we obviously got that girl's email, um, we take it seriously when people email us in things that they haven't spoken to anybody else about. Like it's something that we take seriously. And I really wanted to advise her in a professional mm. and informed way as possible. So I did a bit of research and this was a, a TED Talks I came across and it was so friggin' good given the fact that this woman was born into a culture of shame around sex and um, Catholic school, Irish mom, you know, her mom sit telling her if you French kiss a boy, you're going to get pregnant and shame the family. So she grew up with that mentality, but obviously has completely transformed her outlook. The title is something like shame, masturbation, loneliness and cheating. Um, mm cheating and she said that actually um people that are engaging in a sexist relationship the cheat the chances of cheating are magnified by 500 yeah. percent because sense. women cheat in a sexist relationship to escape that yet men cheat in a sexist relationship in order to stay in the sexist relationship if that makes sense so brilliant woman her name's maureen mcgrath and i could listen to her for hours on end so she she was class um but yeah, I just I just wanted to touch on that. It's again something it's that important. it's very, very, very important, and it's definitely a taboo subject because this girl told us that she had never told anybody yeah. else about it, um, even her closest friends. So it just shows the magnitude mm. of the kind of the shame around that that topic. But anyways, I digress. Chlorine minge and sexlessness. <laughs> that is the topics the topic of today's of today. <laughs> podcast TED Talks. <laughs> Love it, how has your week been you're in dubai you lucky i am duck. in dubai so i'm in dubai for work um i'm mm-hmm. really good uh everything is great it's like a million degrees and i'm quite mm-hmm. burnt i'm not gonna lie and i've realized how much weight i've put on during lockdown because you come to dubai and obviously i've been sitting at home basically in like lululemon leggings for like five months mm-hmm. and i'm not i've not seen my body like i have mm-hmm. obviously but i've not like like I went to the pool today and I was in a bikini for like the whole day and I was like, this is the most I've seen my body in so long. Mm-hmm. And it really fucking depressed me. I did yeah. go to the gym with my our friend, Joe, who is a personal trainer. I've mentioned her before and we were talking about it. And like, it's just, it's obviously, it's it's good that it happened because I feel like with, as everyone has been in lockdown, like 
not to talk about lockdown too much because it's such a boring subject. I feel like it's been done to death, but like I, I haven't, I didn't realize how I haven't really put on like a huge amount of weight, but I put on some. And coming to a place like Dubai, where like we mm-hmm. talked about last week, everyone is so fit, fit. and like hot. Yeah. There's hot people everywhere. Mm-hmm. I literally was like, I was like this white English blob. Yeah, like, like a little dumpling. Like a little like Mr. Blobby's girlfriend, like <laughs> flopping around the pool. <laughs> Anyway, That's how I felt fine. when I went to Dubai yeah, last, it, and like, I remember just sitting and looking at my gut in the yeah. mirror, and it wasn't even rolled; it was just one, one massive lard keg. Yeah. And I was like, "What the fuck have I done?" But um, again, don't want to talk about weight on this podcast because we're absolutely not about that. But let's be honest; we both put the weight on, and that's cool. Yeah. We're still great people with nice personalities and average faces. But I have um, been doing keto for a couple of weeks, and I said I would never do it because it's not long term. But actually, it's the only thing that has given me that reset enough to start to see a change. Mm. So um, I'm going to do that for a couple of weeks, and then start to introduce like normal eating and stuff but it's definitely definitely impacted my body shape but fucking hell it is a tough tough lifestyle choice yeah. but um, anyways we're not here to talk about fucking anyway, and things and um, how do you feel being back in Dubai have I, you kind of have you been on tinder or no okay so this is what I wanted to talk about so just quickly to to catch everyone up to speed I saw the barber last week and he came over to mine and we had our little sex date. And it was really, really great. And the, so I obviously went into it thinking, I just want a casual thing. I just want a casual oh, thing. Casual, yeah. yeah I'm so casual, guys. I, I, no, <laughs> no attachments. Yeah, what the fuck I listened, then? So I listened back to the podcast after I'd seen him um, because I was speaking to my friend Sophie and she, because... Um, well, so basically she was laughing at me because she was like, I'm listening to your podcast and you're basically trying to convince yourself that you're cool with it. And she was yeah. like, I know you're not. Anyway, so I saw him and I was like, the thing is, and I was saying, and this is basically what I wanted to say because my friend Joe said something really insightful today about everything. And I came out, we had a really nice time. And the problem is we do get on really, really well. And the, mm-hmm. the chemistry is like out of control. Like the, the sex is like the, the best sex ever. And he made me squirt, and I've never, ever done that. What? I like, know. And, and, or <laughs> like the swamp, not the swamp, leakage, not the swamp. or the squirting it was the, in the eyeball. What? Yeah. Really? It was, yeah, it was really weird. I've never done it. It was so weird, and I, I really, I really didn't think that I did not. I didn't have a clue what was going on, and then I was like, oh my god. And just quickly, not to digress too much, because I am going to talk about something that's quite. Insightful. I feel like but we just need quickly. to give this squirting the focus that it deserves because so, I'm intrigued. Well, I'm a bit worried, okay? Not because of that, obviously, but I'm worried that I've used my vibrator too much and I've desensitized my okay. vagina. I think uh-huh. I've broken it because we were, he was going down on me and like that guy has made me orgasm many times previously but Uh I just couldn't get there and it wasn't like he wasn't doing it I was like you know when you like you're almost there but it was like that for like 10 minutes and I was like come on and I don't know whether I then started thinking about it too much and I was like oh my god he's been down there too much and I like stressed myself out Mm -hmm. but like after I was like I think and then I like had a read and it can happen so I was like through my um what do you mean when? Does squirting happen when you come or does that just happen no, regardless he was of using the... his he was using his fingers. And how do you know that it happened? I'm sure you're like head was down there. No, I was lying. 
I know I'm trying to like just like shade. So I was lying down and he was using his fingers. And then I saw it and I was like, oh my God, what the fuck? Was it like the Dubai Fountains? <laughs> With the Whitney Houston song in the background. The Andrea Pacelli one. Okay, there we go. That's DTCM Dubai <laughs> Tourism, if you want me on the yeah. soundtrack to the Fountains, hit me up, bitches. <laughs> In the sponsored by the Dubai Fountains. <laughs> the squirt song. The squirt and, song. And, and was yeah, he anyway. like, ooh, what's that? Well, I don't know. He's so confident. I feel like he was just like, he probably knew what he was doing. So I've but never anyway, squirted. I've never squirted. I know, I hadn't either. And you know how, do you remember like a couple of episodes ago, I was like, women don't feel they've reached their sexual prowess until they've squirted. And you and I were like, oh, neither of us has done it. We're not hungry to do it. When I did it, the next morning I woke up and I was like, oh, I am a sexual being. I, I have reached it now. Squirter. I am here. I've arrived. Literally. Hello, my name is Fiona. See you and Squirter. <laughs> Put that on your business card, babe. Um, but do you know what? I was with um, a couple of friends yesterday and they were like, Laura, we've been listening to the podcast and we were screaming at one of the episodes. And it was when you mentioned the farting but not fanny farts, actual farts. And both of them, as they come, emit massive, raspy bum farts. Boy or girl? The girl. The the girls, both of them. And they were like, oh my God, me too. Um, Apparently it's to do with the pressure buildup, especially if your partner has a larger penis and there's pressure. It kind of has nowhere else to go. Mm. And as they come, they also fart. So Whoa, again, I did not fart if that's happening to you at home, fart <laughs> totally you. It's the sign of a right good orgasm and it's perfectly natural. Ride. And it's so lovely when you have a partner that you can laugh with and it's no big deal. Um, I had a, a sexual experience yesterday that I've never had, Fiona. Oh my God. Well, here You've we been are. squirting. What have you been right. doing? I don't know if my sex life has been slightly distorted by this kind of shame cycle or whatever, or not being arsed on occasions. But this, my sex life with my partner is reflective of our entire relationship. It's just healthy and mm. pure. And I know people will be listening going, fuck, this girl sounds so effective. But I've been through quite a few relationships with a lot of issues. So do you know what? I'm entitled to say that, right? And we had sex yesterday. I was so tired. Um, I've got this keto headache <coughs> flu thing and it oh, really yeah, wasn't in good form. But I was like, you know what? We need to reconnect. So we went and took ourselves up for our wee glue sex date. And Fiona, we laughed from start to finish. I mean, the tears were coming Why? down my face. I don't know what we were talking about. Um, fucking Star Wars or something. And I was like, see when you come, will you pretend to sound, will you sound like Chewbacca? And he was like, anyway, it obviously it's so weird. We were just laughing, but the tears were rolling down my face. And I was like, <clears> oh my God, like let's take this seriously. Like fuck's sake, we shouldn't be laughing like this. Like this is sex. And he was like, why shouldn't we laugh? This is our our closeness our intimacy our union why the fuck would we not laugh this is nothing to be taken seriously like okay sexy time let's go let's hit it and it was the weirdest thing and i think i actually enjoyed that connection of our 
souls, if that makes sense, more than the actual connection of our genitals. And it's I the love first that, time Laura. it's really happened to me. Mm. And I, I had to, and then when he did go, he was like, <laughs> and I was like, is that how Chewbacca sounds or Big Bull or what do you call it, Bigfoot? Anyways, it was just something that was, um, it, it, I really needed that release yesterday, more the emotional connection than the, so nice. than the sex. And that's the thing about sex, Fiona. A lot of the time, it's the emotional connection for the woman. It's the meeting of yeah. bodies as opposed to the fucking penetration and the well, orgasm. The, yes, those things are why. nice, but women often need the connection, the comfort, the union. Mm. Um, I think this know. is why also you girls prefer like prefer to have one sexual partner because the more that you have sex with someone, the more you relax and enjoy it. What I will say quickly about what happened with the barber, apart from the mm-hmm. is... <laughs> We tested those berry pills. Oh my so god! So for those and? of you, well, for those of you that maybe haven't listened to the episode, if you're not going in order, but go back to the one that's called "How to Make Your Vagina Taste Good." We talk about these berries that basically are a taste stabilizer. If you, the guy melts, melts them on your tongue, it's supposed to make your vagina taste nice. It's actually meant for like lemons and like really sour things. It didn't work. Really? But yeah, so he did it, but I think what happened was he did it, but then after it had dissolved, we were kissing for quite a long time, and then he went down there and he was like, he was like, I was really, ex-. he was like, I'm actually glad because he was like, I think I would have freaked out if it tasted different. He was like, I think actually prefer it to taste normal. God forbid, I actually, you know, your vagina tastes like a vagina, shock yeah. fucking horror. But um, I but I said to him, I was like, we need to try it again. And you need to just like, because I was like, I think that we waited, I think long. that too long. Anyway, so we'll try again and I'll I'll see. But my so point did, about the I barber mean, is... Tell us, sorry, I, I probably um, detracted there uh, as usual, deflected rather. I'm sorry about that. How did it go with the barber? The sex really... after the squirting and then what about the union? And was it casual or have you started no, reading is... into things? Well, obviously I've started reading in things because I'm a girl, but... However, I came out of it basically being like, to be fair, I only thought this a couple of days later. I was like, shit, I do like him. And that's when I, I told my friend Sophie and then she was like, that's why I was laughing when you were saying this on the podcast because I knew that this was going to happen. But actually I was talking about it today and the thing is like, we do get on really well and we have so much chemistry, but I don't know if we're compatible. And so basically Joe, who is our amazing personal trainer friend, she was talking about, um, she listened to, I've actually got the article. I'll, I'll have a read, I won't link it yet. Um, I'll maybe put it on our Instagram because I actually haven't read it yet what she sent me because I don't know if it's the right one. But she basically read an article about um, chemistry and compatibility. So you can have like insane chemistry with someone and you can have like this fire connection, but you might not be compatible you can be super, super compatible with someone, but not, might not have chemistry. And in that case, you're just two friends. Basically to be in a relationship, you need to have both. Mm-hmm. And compatibility is things like, do you see, do you um, want the same things in life? Do you like want to build the same life together? Are you on the same page about, you know, with values and like life decisions and all those kind of like bigger elements of life. Mm-hmm. And we mean, me and this guy are not. We are 100% mm-hmm. 
chemistry, we don't have that compatibility element. And mm. so when she said that to me today, because I'd been thinking about it, and actually when she said that to me today, a pen, I keep saying a penny drops. I've got a fucking like, I'm like the Roman fountain with all the coins in it. <laughs> but like, it did make me think, I was like, she is right. Like you, you can have chemistry with someone, but you might not be compatible. Mm-hmm. I haven't, mm-hmm. since I've been back, I haven't spoken to him. And like, we spoke a bit like obviously after we've left, but I think I'm gonna have to back away from the situation because I know myself, I get emotionally attached really easily. And as much as I could pretend to myself, like I did last week being like, yeah, no, it's totally casual. Mm-hmm. I am really bad at it. Yeah. And it's not like as I want are a relationship. The majority of women, Fiona. It's not like I, I'm not like desperate for a relationship, but I'm also, I just don't think that I can, like what you said, which was when you have sex with someone, you're like, marry me. Yeah, basically impregnate me right now. What I am going to do is a little test as I am in Dubai because we have so many listeners messaging saying how shit Dubai dating life is. We know that. We know it. We've lived through it. But I'm not on Hinge or anything. We said that I would It's more tumultuous. It. Let's not yeah. call it shit because there are a lot more opportunities to meet people in Dubai than there are at home in my opinion and I've witnessed so many amazing relationships start their foundations wonderfully in Dubai so well there are a lot of opportunities so I'm gonna download Hinge okay um and basically have a little mooch on Hinge this week and next week I will and I will do the hinge algorithm trick that we know that we've discussed yes, yes, before. Yes, yes, yes. Awesome. And I am gonna basically feedback um to you to see how hinge is because all I hear is that hinge is shit or like dating gaps are shit. And I know they are, but I haven't been on them in Dubai for a very, very long time. So I will be interested to see what it's like and mm-hmm. if uh, if people are right, basically. And we will come how back to this you next found, week. Because you've been going out quite a lot, actually. How have you actually found being back in Dubai, meeting, you know, different people? Have, has there been any instances where somebody's approached you or you've engaged in flirtation? Has, I know you've been I mean, obviously seeing a lot of girlfriends and clients and things, but... I mean, I've only been back for three days. Okay, fair enough. But you've been Ask me in a week. Ask okay. me in a week, because I'll download Hinge... And then I'll have been out about a bit more and then we can basically assess the situation. Okay. So we do have a letter um, from our from a listener. Actually, it's, it's very connected to what I just, what I literally just talked about, which is uh, dating apps. So, hi, Lauren Fee, the podcast is class. Um, is this girl Irish, by the way? Yes. Okay. She's a girlfriend. <laughs> When, when I was reading it, I was like, this girl's definitely Irish. Um, so we'll just do it in my very English accent. Okay. Hi, Lauren Fee, the podcast is class, and I've loved laughing along with you girls. A mere spectator in the world of modern day dating, given I was married for the guts of a decade. Then last week, my husband and I separated. This has been brewing for a while, and it was the best decision for both of us and our family. I've not joined any of the apps. It will be months before I'm ready, but it has got me thinking about what the hell lies in store. I'm in my mid-30s, and I've been out of the dating game for over a decade. What advice can you give to someone newly single a bit later in life? I'm shitting myself, but trying to turn that nervous energy into excitement. Would really appreciate your thoughts. So, um... To bolster that message, Fiona, when I asked for topics to be um, submitted to us for discussion on 
Love Bites, at least five of the messages were how to not lose hope in your 30s, 40s, mm. how to date um, in your 30s, 40s, 50s and above. And it referred to a lot of women being single kind of later in life. And that's just the norm, right? When our parents were our age, they would have been married with three kids. Yeah. And nowadays, um, girls in their 30s, mid 30s, late 30s, 40s, 50s and above are single. And for a lot of women who are newly single have never experienced tinder have never experienced the world of online dating and these new crazy things that are now going on it is so freaking scary and i do think it's really important to discuss this and to kind of break it down and to give people advice who do find themselves either newly single or content you know still struggling sing- to keep yeah, the momentum still, of still going you know you and i have some really good mutual friends in dubai who are the best girls they're in their 30s and they have got five points of their star four points of the star are glistening bright job money friendship they are the full package and then that one we point of the star when it comes to love and relationships just cannot be filled and all they can really focus on is that remaining star and people lose steam they lose lose motivation to continue after they've been continuously slapped back by the world of online dating so Fiona what advice would you give to somebody this listener who is in her mid-30s she's my age her and I went to school together what would you what advice would you give to her emerging into the to the world like a well, chrysalis of virginity oh. <laughs> born again virgin well once obviously this is advice to give once you are ready because take as much time as you need and i think that people that are in their 30s onwards um set a lot of store in um coming with baggage and mm-hmm. actually i listened to a really good podcast um who's now a podcaster friend which is called unhinged and bumbled up they're um, great. yeah they're really great i will link them in the show notes it's a guy phil and liz um liz basically doesn't date she's doing a year off dating and, and phil dates and phil actually has a child and he said which i thought was really good such a good way to put it he said that it's not, he doesn't like calling it baggage. He likes calling it life experience because mm-hmm. it's not baggage. A child is not a bag. A, a divorce is not a bag. It's an experience that happens. So I think that first of all, get that into your mind that everyone has some sort of life experience. And as you get older, those just become more and more kind of serious. And I think that mm-hmm. so many people that get into the, into being single or have been single continuously in their mid thirties go, um, Oh my God, I've got baggage or like every guy that, you know, I, I date is like either divorced or like there's something wrong with him because, you know, he's still single then. And it's like, I think everyone just needs to like chill out and be like, do you know what? We are in our thirties and people probably have had long-term relationships. And if they haven't been married, they've definitely had some kind of like big thing that's happened in their life. And I think that, I think that's kind of like, I think you've just got to think that's okay. And it's okay if it's happened to you. And like what we've said constantly before, if someone is not okay with that, then they can just fuck off. So I think that going into going into it if you are online dating be as honest as possible i personally think that if you are divorced you don't obviously you don't need to say that but if, does she have kids 
Uh, I think she's got a couple of young kids, yeah. So I think it's really important to say upfront on your dating profile, whether you have a child, you can say it in like a, a fun way, especially for women. This is specifically obviously for women who are single mums or divorced with kids. I think you need to say completely upfront because then you are basically vetting every single guy that is going to be not okay with it. They're gone mm-hmm. from the get go yeah. and you're not going to waste your time. Cause I think that right now at this age, no one wants their time wasted. Yeah, really good So point. making your profile as clear as possible about also the kind of person you are mm-hmm. at this day, at our stage in our lives, we've got to make it clear. Like for me, for example, I don't like hiking. <laughs> I- Even though you claimed that you did. Even though I claimed that I did a long time ago, I own my own business and I've got to be upfront about that because that means I work a lot of the time. Um, mm-hmm. I I like doing, I obviously don't have a dating profile at the moment, but now thinking about it, I am gonna, um, and actually it was something I heard on the Unhinged and Bubbled Up when they had a dating expert and they talked about, um, you know, Phil, the guy, he really loves the outdoors and the dating expert was like, but you don't, you haven't put one thing about that. So actually when a girl gets on the house, she's gonna know that. What if she doesn't like doing it? You're mm-hmm. basically setting, basically set yourself up as much as possible in all the things that you like and showcase yourself in the most honest way. Whether And if, yeah. you know, a guy turns around and is like, oh, do you know what? I really like, I'm not a foodie and you're a massive foodie. You can just be like, Okay, see you later. Do you know what I think? I, I Don't waste I really your time. respected what she said about she wants to, she's cognizant of the fact that that nervousness can really hold her back. So she's trying to repurpose and reprogram her mind and the excitement. Such a I good way think of doing, that thinking that. At, when I was newly single at 35, whilst I was shitting myself, because I was like, I'm basically never going to have a child. I'm never going to get married. Mm. I This is not where I thought that I would be. I tried to set those fears aside whilst acknowledging them and, nurturing my inner child and saying it's absolutely okay that you feel like that because you're not in the position that you thought you'd be in but you know what Laura you fucking really like yourself you know yourself you know what you want and it was the first time that I actually felt really confident that the right person would come to me Mm. and I also made peace with the fact that you know what if I don't meet somebody I actually really like myself and if yeah. I have to be in a relationship with myself for the rest of my life, I'm actually okay with that. It just so happened that when I was emitting those vibes, that was when the man that was fucking dropped in my lap, like serendipity. Mm. And when you're a bit older, and of course we're generalizing here because everybody goes through emotional issues up and down throughout the entirety of their lives. But for the most part, when you hit your 30s, you know who you are. You know who you want. You don't try to hide behind what you think that they want. Like, oh, yeah, okay. Um, You like um BDSM. Oh, I love to be tied up. Yeah, no, you fucking you don't. Did. You don't. You love mystery. You love vanilla. And you just love going out for long walks. You don't try to conform to other people's expectations. And that can be incredibly attractive to the right partner. I, I think agree. at this stage, this woman has had to ride out a 10 year marriage. She didn't say anything about the state of her marriage, but she said they made a right decision to leave. So she's res- clearly resilient. So if she's in a good mindset and a good headspace, she will be able to come to these apps with a resilient mm-hmm. air 
and she will be able to fit out the assholes and she will not tolerate things that do not serve her so i really want women listening to this to feel the excitement take the anxiety and the fear in your gut when you keep meeting dickheads you get ghosted you turn up and he's a fucking brutal bastard with pictures on from 10 years ago from bebo or whatever keep the fire burning keep the faith if you believe in god you pray to god at night and you tell him i'm waiting for my dude speak to the universe speak to yourself but do not lose faith and do not lose sight of what you want turn the fear and anxiety into fucking excitement because your man is out there and you know what see if he's not out there You'll fucking build, you'll build the bridges with yourself. But I do truly believe that there's somebody out there for everybody. I don't believe I, in I soulmates, do. but I do believe in great people coming into your life at the right time. So I think that's just, so true. And I think that also, maybe this is something maybe for when you're a bit younger, but I do think that the advice about honesty and uh building the bridge with yourself goes for our younger listeners as well I think also a lot of the time and maybe this is less so in your later 30s because you probably already know this but Elizabeth Day who is an amazing writer and journalist and she has a podcast called How to Fail she put up a post about her fiance when they got engaged and she said "Um, I was going to write the man of my dreams but dreams are inconsistent and fragmented he is the man of my ideal reality And I was like, do you know what? That is so true because the thing is, the man of your dreams, you're trying to find this perfect person, doesn't exist. Because you're not perfect and I'm not perfect. So how can you expect them to be perfect? And as I've, you know, we're a year into my relationship, Fiona, the compromises that we have to make are huge. There are days that I think, fuck, I feel like I've given up so much. And I could internalize it, but I don't. Mm -hmm. I go and speak to him and I'm like, listen, this is how I'm feeling. I'm feeling really frustrated and I'm starting to feel a little bit of resentment creep in and I want to troubleshoot and I want to talk to you about this. Like everybody has to make compromises. There is no relationship that's perfect. There is so much shit that goes on behind closed doors. Um, It's just a case of, is that person the one to work through life with? Mm -hmm. There's no and such think, thing as the man of your dreams. It, it just doesn't exist. Soulmates, I mean, whatever. People say they find their soulmate and I absolutely respect that and think it's just the nicest fallacy. For me personally, I feel like there's an involvement and one man can be your soulmate for a period of time and it can be somebody else mm-hmm. for another. And I think that really resonate with our listeners because if you find your soulmate and you think it was your soulmate and you broke up, there's another soulmate out there for yeah, you. And if he doesn't work, there'll be another one. And I think um, I've completely lost my I've completely lost my train of thought. What was I going to say? Be really professional. <laughs> You're just this. sitting there thinking about the squirting from last week. <laughs> I love that, Fiona. Uh, having a two minute wet dream. Uh, fuck. <laughs> oh my god! I felt always. like we were being really inspirational, and then just dropped. Bring stuff. bringing it back, but bring no, it back. Listen, bring I, it back. I, I I think that. Honesty, honesty on your dating, honesty on your dating profile is number one, especially if you are, uh, if you have kids. And I also think that if you don't have kids and you are going through a divorce, um, 
then I think that being upfront about that, if it's something that is has had a huge like impact in your life, like you've been with the same person for 10 years, like our listener, um, and you are divorced, I think bringing it up as soon as possible. Because uh, you absolutely. don't know also what the other... The other person um, is also like what I said before, don't waste any of your time because you might find someone that's also been through the same thing and you have that connection and you're able to, he's able to understand and relate. And I think that's, I think that when you've gone through a huge uh, life experience, let's call it, not baggage, a life experience, and then you find someone else, either someone can be extremely empathetic and is an empathetic person, like for me, divorces and kids don't bother me but some people don't Mm -hmm. like it but if you find some you can find someone that is has gone through maybe not the same thing but a similar kind of life upheaval and if you haven't talked about that right from the start then you might not make that connection and you know what we're talking about this girl specifically because she um you know she's uh, out of a marriage and has children Uh, quite a few of the girls that messaged and my my girls are have never been married have never had children and my friend was up here the other day and she sat in my back garden and she wept and I wept with her because she is at a stage where she has the four points of her star brimming and that one is lacking and she is at a stage where she is mourning the life that she thought that she would have and I wept with her because I felt that way myself I got to a stage when I should have been married I should have gone through with the wedding. I should have had the child. I should have, I should have, I should have. And I felt like a fucking failure. And I felt like a loser. And I felt less than, right? Compared to everybody else who was doing all these amazing things. And she sat there and she thought, I can't believe I'm 37 and I am in this position. And I've heard the same thing mentioned repeatedly, especially by women, because we have this biological ticking time bomb inside of us. And people can say, but don't be worrying. You've got all the time in the world. Well, you know what? I don't fucking have all the time in the world. I have an expiry date and it is the most debilitating thing. And when I was when I was at my height of feeling like that and I was in a relationship that I knew that was essentially leading me further and further away from what I wanted as opposed to in the arms of I would wake up with the most debilitating anxiety attacks panic attacks where I would literally wake up clutching my chest because I was like the reason that I was put on this earth is being pulled away from me because I am going to be childless I'm never going to get married and it is the most tremendously scary thing and it's also heartbreaking and mm. um, so it's a very real thing and increasingly women are feeling like this because we're all getting married later we're focusing on our careers we're traveling the world um so it's a very real thing and the only thing that i can say is that worry and anxiety achieves nothing Nothing. that's why I had to sit down with myself and have a serious word with myself and say you know what Laura you're the fucking shit you're a wonderful person and you know what if all else fails and you're with you for the rest of your life then what a fucking partnership and that's when the good shit started to happen because before I was a fucking desperado see this is okay you have answered but the question that I was going to ask but like this is what I don't understand. And this is something that I can't give a proper answer on to wrap, to finish because we're out of time. But why is it that 
why there's so many amazing single girls in their 30s and every girl that I meet who is single in their 30s, 30 plus, is amazing, great job, great friends, beautiful, funny, outgoing, like all the things. And it's not just because these are friends of mine. These are people that I like have met in life. There are so many of these great girls. Where are all the great men who are in their 30s, single, have got great jobs, great friends, lovely, all that. Where are they, I ask you? Because honestly, I do not know. Where can I find these men? Because I'm sure they're out there. Mm -hmm. Am I just, do we have to go younger? I went younger. Yeah, by like three years. Yeah, but fuck. He's still in Fiona, his 30s, my ex though. was 15 years older than me. I never thought I would go younger. Younger guys tend to bring um, a lot more of a youthful energy. I'm talking energy about to- 20s younger though. Your oh, boyfriend okay. is in his 30s because mm-hmm. he was one of the great single guys that I'm talking about because we all know that I think Laura's boyfriend is the perfect man, but just putting that out there as I keep trying to recreate him in <laughs> He's different ways. don't. And you know what? <laughs> He, um, and I'll give you a little bit of insight for him. I previously mentioned this, potentially, so sorry if I'm repeating myself. He was single for two years and didn't, I mean, listen, we don't go into too much detail about what he did in those two years. But as far as I know, he didn't find himself in a relationship or he didn't pursue anything. Because he also felt down in himself, you know, maybe whatever personal issues were going on with him so there's equally men out there that feel like they need to hold back because the good women aren't out there this isn't a feeling that's reserved only for women men also feel it too they just don't spout shite on podcasts and email in and talk to their girlfriends men uh, he said to me because whenever my friend left i was like (coughs) fuck I really feel for her. And the reason I feel for her is because she was me a year or two ago. And I said, did you ever feel like this? And he went, I, when I turned 30, I reflected and I thought, Jesus, I didn't think I'd be in a position that at 30 years old, I didn't have a girlfriend. I wasn't married. I wasn't set to be when all my friends were doing it. And I was like, I'm so shocked because I never thought as a man that thought would have even entered your mind. And he went, men think it. They just, aren't as vocal as an emo- as uh, and Emotion, as emotional yeah. as women so Fiona there are great guys out there there are great guys that are having the same dilemma and asking the same questions they're just internalizing it yeah um there's Do a great want- guy out there for every single person listening as as well as a great girl if you're a, if you're a dude so Do you know I really want Laura? people to take the message away from this that dating can be exhilarating and exciting and fun it can build confidence it can also kick the living fucking shit bag out of you but if you approach dating with resilience and self-love those things won't matter girls keep fucking going you have got this laura and fee have got your fucking back yes right and to finish i would like to throw this out there Um, This is what I would quite like to do, and if someone wants to host this whilst I'm in Dubai, I'm very happy to come along. I would quite like to do the party that they do in Sex and the City, which is basically... Throw your keys in the bowl? No, a single girl will come with a single guy that they're not interested in. Because I I can... That is so 
Are you sure it's not a swingers party? No, it's not a swingers party. These are, like, so like, I've got, I can think of one, like I've got a single male friend who's like a very good friend of mine, who's great and I would love him to go out with someone like amazing. I bring him as my date to the party, let him loose. And all the girls in the party, all guys, have bought someone that they're not interested in. So like a friend or, you know. That is such a good idea. Because, because we've all got guy friends that we're not interested yeah, in, but and also, actually could be so appealing and if to I'm recommending female. him, if I'm recommending him to someone, kind of like what you were saying about the setups, like you, I would trust you to set me up with someone. I would trust a lot of my friends to set me up with someone, but how much fun would it be if it was like in a party? So, Fiona, that is such. Please to, to somebody to sort this out. Wouldn't it be great? Anyway, let's let's see. I will. Gonna, I'm going to download Hinge. I will let you guys know how it's going next week. Um, and on next week's wants... podcast, I'm going to talk about a very, very, very good Dubai based story, which is a swingers party okay. that I got invited to. And you know, Fiona, while you're there, maybe dabble in that. You never know. There's swingers parties I'm everywhere in Dubai. Um. Also, Happy Pride Month, Laura. Happy what? Happy Pride Month. Oh, I thought you said Happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Month. Happy Pride, everyone. And we will talk to you next week. Gee you later. Gee you later, guys.